0: Hey, what's up? Hello! Welcome to Sounds Fake But Okay, a podcast where an arrow ace girl, I'm Sarah, that's me. And a dummy straight girl, that's me, Kayla. Talk about all things to do with love, relationships, sexuality, and pretty much anything else we just don't understand.
1: On today's episode, mental health and sexuality. Sounds, Sounds fake, but Okay. okay. Welcome back to the pod. Mama. Ooh. <laughs> God damn it. Saw that I one like that. an hour ago was pretty pleased. Oh, no, I didn't mean to laugh. It's amazing when you have severe anxiety, but then you have these random upswings at night and you suddenly mm. can do things and your mind is like, what? Classic. A few hours of fucking normalcy and that's what you come up with. Good. That's what we like to hear, question mark? Uh, I mean, it's not, but it is on topic for this episode. But it it sure is. Before we get into the episode, a reminder that we're still running our Sounds Fake Survey 2019.
0: We sure are. Uh, And if you're my sister and you have taken the survey and you just like passive aggressively say something at the survey, just say it to me. We can discuss it. (laughs) <laughs> I think you should discuss it. Um, maybe um, podcast with me and my sister?
1: We'll see. Yes, but also a lot of you have already filled it out, so thank you. And there's like a lot of really great episode ideas, which is great, because me and Sarah are running low.
0: Oh, we sure are.
1: Uh, yeah, so that's Big all. mood. Another thing we wanted to mention just before we get started, because I think it would be just like incorrect of us to not talk about this. Um, on this podcast was um, the death of Bianca Devins. Um She was an asexual woman who was recently murdered. I don't know that many details. I don't know that anyone knows that many details yet. Um, yeah,
0: they don't seem to have publicized too
1: much information. Right. I did see some like talk online that it was like pretty soon after she had come out as asexual and so people are thinking it might be linked. So, yeah, I guess I just thought we should mention it if anyone you know, needs to talk or anything, we're here. Um, I know our Discord was talking about it a bit the other day, so that's always there as a resource for you, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes, if you are struggling with mental
0: health slash suicidal ideation, which is just a fancy way to say suicidal thoughts, please reach out to someone, whether it's something like Trevor Project, someone you know.
1: Yeah, I think yeah, especially with like what we're talking about today, it can be like I guess trigger warning that we're talking about mental health stuff. So mm-hmm. we can try to drop some resources down below um, of like helplines and stuff. So mm-hmm. yeah, but know that we're here. The community is here. So if you need anything, hello, heck yeah, Kayla. What do we talk? Did I already say that? No, uh, I didn't. <laughs> speaking of severe anxiety, <laughs>
0: <laughs> what are we talking about this
1: week? Uh. Mental health.
0: Yeah, boy. And
1: sexuality.
0: Yeah, boy. That's all. So, yep, that's it. Uh, bye. Thanks for joining us on this podcast. Yep, thank you. Okay, so mental health and sexuality. It seems that a lot of people who identify as queer in some way often have a higher chance of having mental health issues. Yeah. And, uh,. That, we know, we knew that from anecdotal evidence, but there
1: are some studies that uh, do show it. I think those studies are pretty, like, well-known at this point. Like, people, I think, talk about that. That, like, queer people have a higher rate of, like, mental health issues and also, like, suicide rates.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's why they have, like, specific helplines for... Yeah, that's why, like, the Trevor Project is a thing. Exactly. And there's now a trans helpline, which is good. So we found this article just kind of talking about the many studies that prove <laughs> that queer people well, tend to
1: have... don't say that. I, uh, oh, you're, you're the, you're
0: the fancy one. What does... Okay, did so, Provide
1: evidence? Yeah, so you can't... Okay. In science, you can't ever say that you proved something because there always could be a study or evidence coming out to, like, change that, so we can never say that something was proven.
0: They discuss
1: the evidence
0: that queer people are more likely to experience issues with mental health. Yes. It was super interesting to me, specifically they were talking about women, how the reported rates of lifetime mood disorders for lesbians, prevalence was 44.4%, 58.7% in bisexuals, and 36.5% in women who are unsure of their sexual identity as compared to 305 in heterosexuals. I found it very interesting, but also telling that for bi women, it was a solid 14% higher than lesbian women.
1: Yeah, I think that totally made sense to me, because I think, like, especially since, like, bisexuality is just, like, less talked about and, like, less accepted still, like... Um, And I think probably just more confusing for people.
0: Yeah, and there are still people who are, um, like, Mm bi-exclusionists, and so if you're less recognized in queer communities and you're also not recognized necessarily within straight communities then I can see why that would impact the way you view yourself in your life
1: yeah yeah I thought I had never like thought about the fact that that might be true but it made it made total sense to me
0: Mm -hmm. it was interesting though that for men those who identified as bi had slightly lower prevalence than gay men. Which was interesting.
1: Yeah, I don't even know what... Still still higher than straight men, but... Yeah. I like, I can't even think of a reason why that would be necessarily. I can't either. <laughs> um, I mean, ma- I, I, don't know, I don't know. Women compared to men on the whole, was there a stat for that?
0: I don't remember. It was a very long article.
1: No, it was, and I skimmed it. Um, I just think that, like, something I was thinking about, I think I'm just, like, used to reading articles like this and trying to think of, like, well, what else could be behind this? Like, mm-hmm. what could be another variable influencing this? Just because, yeah. I don't know, I had to write papers about that. And so one right. thing I was wondering was, just, like, in general, I think women go to the doctor more than men do. And yes. I'm assuming, like, a therapist or a psychiatrist also But I was also wondering... especially
0: because it's like an emotional thing, so it's less taboo for women.
1: Right. And and I'm like, we're not trying to be stereotypical, but that's just like how it is.
0: That's what society tells us is right, and a lot of people kind of fall into that.
1: Yeah. Um, And the other thing I was wondering, if maybe for some reason queer people were just more comfortable like reaching out for help or Mm. identifying on a survey that they were struggling with mental health, Because all of these, all of this data is coming from self-report surveys. So, like, it's very possible that people were lying. Like, that Mm -hmm. happens with surveys all the time is, you know, people just not telling you the truth. That's just like a risk you run when you run a survey. So I was wondering, like, A, would queer people for some reason be more comfortable, like, seeking out help for a mental problem and so mm-hmm. they would have something to report that, yes, I have gotten treatment and been diagnosed. Or would they just for some reason be more willing to say that on a survey?
0: I mean, if they're out and they've had to take that leap, I feel like they might be more willing to talk about stuff like that mm-hmm. just because of, like, the personal nature of what it's like to come out.
1: Yeah. And that may be
0: kind of, like, breaking through of, like, okay, maybe you're more willing to talk about other people personal things yeah in a situation like this
1: and that's not to say that i don't like believe what these studies are saying about um and we'll get to this i'm assuming of like why people think Mm -hmm. that like why there is this like evidence that queer people are suffering from more mental illnesses like that's not to say that that isn't true i just like wonder about you know anything else that could be impacting that
0: Mm -hmm. i also thought it was uh interesting to note At the beginning of the article, they talk about how various different studies are not consistent with one another about how they define the non-heterosexual subject. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's... I mean, it's pretty much always discussed in terms of same-sex attraction, which leads me to believe that they're not really including a spec-identified people in their sample. And they were saying for some people it's about, like, sexual... it was about attraction. For some surveys it was about, like the way they act on it, and, like, in other surveys, it was, like, more about, like, how they identified. So that's inconsistent, which makes it kind of difficult to talk about. But,
1: yeah, I think, I mean, I definitely think that some of them were not inclusive of asexual people. I remember when I was skimming it, there was one... Um, Survey that their question was basically, like, on a scale of 1 to 10, like, what are you, and 0 was, like, completely attracted to men, and 5 was completely attracted to women, and, like, in the middle was basically, like, bisexuality, so there was no option for, like, none of the above.
0: Yeah, and at one point, one of the the surveys discussed, like, in his article, they said, quote, bisexual men, parentheses, that is men who reported an equal sexual preference for men and women, Parentheses. End quote. I don't think that's a good definition of bisexual.
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's very simplistic.
0: Yeah, and so I mean I think going into the future, I would like to see more nuanced studies on this kind of thing, including mm. ace
1: people. But yeah, I think it's it's so hard because it's such a personal thing, sexual like orientation. And it is so nuanced, and for research, like, you know, that's not not people's biggest concern, really, you know? Yeah,
0: and for some people who are still on their journey, they may, like, say they're straight, and then find out a couple years later that they're not, and then they're, like, kind of put into the wrong bucket.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think some of the surveys were kind of, that were worded like you're hetero- heterosexual but have had like homosexual experiences or like mm-hmm. um so I think those were I don't know preferable I guess because yeah it takes into account you know people that don't necessarily fit in those certain identities I guess mm-hmm. but
0: despite that there was still a lot of evidence to conclude Can I say conclude? Suggest. Conclude. Suggest. To suggest that queer people do have a higher prevalence of mental health issues, aka depression, anxiety, other mood disorders. Fun stuff.
1: And also a, a higher rate of suicide and suicide ideation.
0: Yes. The question, why... Has a complicated answer the answer is i mean we don't know for sure because there's a lot of parts of people's identities that overlap but one of the things they did mention was the idea of social stress and marginalized groups which makes a ton of sense to me
1: yeah yeah i think what they discussed in the article was something i think that's has been talked about in research a lot it seems like it's called the social stress model um So it's basically talking about, like, the marginalization and just, like, stigma and, um, all of that kind of thing that people of, like, minority identities face. That, like, that is why there's a higher prevalence of mental health issues, is because these people are facing these extra stressors. Which,
0: no duh. (laughs) Yeah. Like, like, it's good that we have scientific articles where they talk about this but like yeah of course that's true
1: <laughs> well yeah i think it's definitely like yeah when i read that i was like yeah obviously but i do think the interesting thing about and this is maybe getting a little too like nitpicky or a little too like i'm excited to be doing some psych stuff again since i haven't in a Kayla, couple of months
0: <laughs> were you a psych major were you in a feminism
1: class um, that was for my other major so you put that away <laughs> um but the one thing that I thought was interesting about that model is at one point in the article, they were talking about, okay, how can we test if this model is like, really true? How can we find out if like, stress, because of like marginalization and everything, how can we find out if that really has an effect on mental health? And so some studies were looking at um, states in the United States that had legalized gay marriage. And they were looking at, okay, let's look at people, like queer people's mental health before it was legalized and then after and see if it's different. Or let's look at states that have like anti-hate crime laws and see what those people's mental health is like. Making the assumption that because of these policies, because there are anti-hate laws, that there would be less hate crimes in that state. Which to me is just like, and obviously you have to pick a variable and there's, it's really difficult to test such a broad idea. And that's the problem with all of psychology is how do you, you know, put a number to a feeling? Kat, I'm trying to have a serious
0: conversation
1: right now. She just feels feelings and wants to share them with you. She's playing with her toys. What's going on? Um, it's, you know, how do you put a number on a feeling or how do you take this idea of stigma and put that in a way where you can run a statistical test on it. So to me, that's the one thing I had a problem with, was the way they were trying to test it of, like, okay, how do you, you know, know that just because there's this law that these people are actually facing less marginalization? You know what I mean? Yeah.
0: It's all complicated, and it uh, there's a reason I wasn't a psych major.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I, just, I think it's very interesting because on – the outside. I think it's
0: interesting. I only kind of understand it.
1: <laughs> well, because on the outside, it seems so simple. Like, yes, of course, these are people that are facing a lot of, you know, issues. Mm-hmm. They also talked about, like, the need to stay in the closet, how that could be very stressful. And, like, mm-hmm. higher rates of, um, like, sexual violence and all of yeah. these different variables. Which, on the outside, you're like, yeah, obviously. But looking at it from a research side, like, how do you even test that? Like, it's really just a theory.
0: I did think that the part about... I believe they called it intimate partner violence Mm -hmm. was interesting because they talked about how violence in relationships was more prevalent for gay and otherwise queer men rather than straight men. Really? Which I thought it was. And then, okay, so then I was thinking about it. I was like, why would this be the case? And I... All I could think of was, like, stereotypes about, like, gender and violence and men supposedly being more physically violent than women. And, that, like, I – but that was – that's totally falling into a stereotype.
1: Yeah, but I, like, so... couldn't think of
0: anything else.
1: That's, I would not have expected that. Yep.
0: Hmm. And so I – like, I didn't know how else to explain it other than, like, men are socialized to be more violent than women. And so if you have, if you have two men in a relationship, that makes it more likely?
1: Question mark? Maybe it's because I know they also mentioned that queer people have a higher rate of like alcohol and drug abuse. Yes. Um, Which like maybe that could play into it is like if you're already, if you're already suffering from an addiction, then maybe you're Mm -hmm. also more likely to behave violently.
0: Right. Yeah. That's definitely possible.
1: I don't know. I'm not a scientist.
0: scientist. I am really not a scientist. I
1: got a Bachelor of Arts in You're a social
0: scientist.
1: (laughs) I am, except for I didn't get a Bachelor of Science. I got a Bachelor of Arts. So am I? I got a Bachelor
0: of Arts in something that has nothing to do with science. I took two astronomy classes, so I'm a scientist. Yeah, for sure. But, so after kind of looking through this article, I was like, okay, I want to know more about asexuality and mental health. And their connection and i was like i doubt i'll find much but yeah. i looked it up anyway i found an article i found several articles where, where it was like oh wow look at this scientific review that proves asexuality isn't a mental disorder after all yeah. and i was like cool thanks psychology today in 2016 we've been new anyway. science
1: is slow sarah
0: <laughs> you know whatever although it was interesting at the end of that article. Um, they directly quoted the study, and it said, quote, We conclude that there is modest support for asexuality's placement as a unique sexual orientation. There is, however, likely as much variability among asexual individuals as lack of sexual orientation, and whether it does also extend to lack of romantic attraction, as there is among sexual individuals as presence of sexual attraction. Unquote. Hmm. Which... It was interesting that they were like, there's modest support for asexuality's placement as a unique sexual orientation. But I do think the follow-up is like, there's a lot of variability among ace people's lack of attraction, Mm -hmm. similarly to how there's a lot of variability among aloe people's sexual attraction. And like, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's, that's, that's something that a lot of people fail to understand, but something we're trying to explain to them
1: (laughs) And I do wonder if that variability is also something that is keeping people, because I, I read a lot of articles for the research project I did on asexuality, and mm-hmm. like there was a lot of kind of dancing around of like, is this a sexual orientation, is it not? And I think maybe how much variability there is, is one of the things kind of holding people back from yeah. saying that it is, because, you know, it is, there is, there is a diversity of experiences. But there's such a diversity of experiences for literally every other sexuality, too. Yeah, I think people just don't (sighs) think about that.
0: Yeah. They're just like, this thing is foreign, and I don't understand it, and so, yeah. Yep. That's true. But, so as I was looking this up, other than those annoying ones, (laughs) I found some anecdotal stuff, Mm -hmm. which makes sense. I kind of expected that to be all that I would find. Yeah. Which this one woman, and we'll post all of these links, too. Yes. We're not just going to leave you No, we don't. This one person was saying that her therapist told her when she was 18, she had just come out, she had just discovered asexuality, she was like, this is awesome. Her therapist told her that her asexuality was probably a symptom of her depression and would go away. So that's cool. Yep. And this led to her never going back to that therapist and then waiting several years before she reached out to get help again with her depression. So it was several years before she had another therapist. This experience was obviously harmful to her mental health. Mm -hmm. And she also talks about how it was harmful to her development in a lot of other ways, in her understanding and acceptance of her sexuality, um, just in the way she understood relationships and how they were supposed to work. And... If you're a therapist or a psychiatrist, don't
1: fucking say that shit. Yeah, to me, like, this is just, like, this person is such a bad therapist. Like, sexuality aside, like, having that kind of reaction. Like, I have been to a uh, many a therapist. And I've never mm. had someone, like, I tell my therapist something and they immediately jump to some conclusion. Like, there's a lot of back and forth talking. And then they, like, suggest something.
0: Right. And there there is some evidence that people who experience depression may have a lower libido.
1: Yeah. That I mean that's because of definitely... because of
0: their depression. Right. But that is not the same as asexuality. Right. And you need to think about the complexity and nuances of these things before you just start like blurting out that oh you're not AIDS it's just a symptom of your depression it'll go away you'll grow out of it yeah so that's fun I like I I hadn't even thought about the fact about how like mental health professionals could be contributing to the harm but now that I like after I read that I was like of course they can yeah yeah because I mean now like often like if you're looking up psychiatrists a lot of them will be like You know, like, my specialties include divorce, blah, 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 LGBTQ plus issues, which, I mean, I think that's great and amazing and wonderful. I will say, though, that for ace people, just because they say that they deal with LGBTQ patients doesn't mean that they understand asexuality. And so even if they are you know experience with dealing with lgbtqia plus issues they may not understand asexuality and that can be harmful to you
1: <laughs> yeah yeah it can be i mean it's it's the same as with anyone when you decide to like come out as asexual or explain it there's always a risk that someone is gonna not have any idea what you're talking about or not accepting at all um i remember my last therapist um when I brought it up because of, like, the podcast and stuff, I don't think she had ever heard of it, um, or Mm -hmm. didn't really know what it was, so I, like, you know, I described it to her. She was amazing about it, and Mm -hmm. was just, like, okay, cool, and then, like, carried on and whatever. Um, so I was very lucky in that regard, but, yeah.
0: Yeah. I, when I was seeing my therapist, like, at the beginning, like, she had me, like, fill out a form of just, like, a bunch of basic information, and, For the sexuality one, I put prefer not to say because I just, like, didn't want to get into it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And then she, like, asked me why I said that, and I was being cagey. And then, (laughs) like, eventually I was just like, I mean, I'm ace. Like, I just, you know, and she was like, well, why didn't you put that to begin with if you were, like, okay telling me? And I was like, because, like, I didn't, I didn't know. Yeah. I, I never know what someone's reaction's gonna be I'm, you know, I've met you, like, once Like, I just, I I know that you're a professional and your job is to be nice to people But, but obviously like,
1: sometimes that doesn't happen
0: Yeah So So I totally understand mm-hmm. that being an issue And then, after reading that little article Well, I have I a, did, I do have oh, okay. I
1: have one comment on that article Hit me with it I was just, you know and they're really nitpicky mood, I guess. One thing in the article that I wasn't quite like agreeing with, I guess, was so the writer did talk a little bit about uh, what's the disorder called?
0: Oh, like the hypo yeah. sexual basically the, the, the DSM disorder that is supposedly about a lack of sex drive.
1: Yeah. So We've discussed it before. Yeah, there's, like, a whole episode about it. So she was talking about how, like, you know, some therapists or doctors will, like, bring this up and say, like, you have this. And she was kind of giving these, like, comparisons and, um, like, contrasting them. And one thing she said was, like, you know, there's going to be a difference in the patients that come in. Asexual people are probably going to come in and be, like, perfectly happy with their situation. Like she was when she Mm. went to a therapist and was like, oh, I'm asexual. I'm so glad I have this word and then the therapist just like you know shot her down and then she's saying you know people with this disorder are probably going to be a lot more distressed which I can see why you would say that of like someone that Mm -hmm. isn't asexual and maybe has something like this disorder or is depressed and has less sex drive than normal and really is like not asexual and like concerned about this for like a health reason which like is totally possible that's like a thing that happens Um, Yeah. That, you know, like, sex drive is just a part of the human body. Like, it changes. It's a chemical thing. Like,
0: Mm -hmm. it's
1: not all linked to sexuality, like, in that way. So, like, I can see why she said that. But I also have had a lot of experiences since we started this podcast with people coming to us being like, I don't like that I'm like this.
0: Yeah, I think that's absolutely true.
1: Yeah, and, like, really upset that this is maybe their sexuality or something that they're dealing with. So I just don't think that that's, like, entirely true. As with any sexuality, it's sometimes hard to accept.
0: It's precisely the same as with any other sexuality. Like, you may be at a point where you're cool and down with it, but that's not always everyone's journey. I think the way that you should be able to tell between these two things is you look at changes Mm. in... Someone's like sex drive or libido or whatever, rather, like over time, you know, ace people generally have, you know, over time, you see a lot of characteristics that are fairly consistent with the ace umbrella, right? But if someone is like, Oh, I used to have a very high sex drive and now I don't, that's a different situation,
1: and like, obviously, it's going to be different for every person, but yeah, if someone comes in and is like, Yeah, I started getting really depressed, and then my sex drive went down. Or, like, I had this, like, terminal illness, and then it went away. Like, that's, yeah, it's very different. That's,
0: yeah, it's... And to me, it's very obvious when it's one and not the other. But to a lot of people who don't understand asexuality, they don't have that understanding. Right. So, in addition to this, I was surprised to find a study that is about mental health and asexuality. Yeah. Kayla, you have some tea on this? I do.
1: Okay. Give so this, me the tea. So this was, just to, like, describe it, this was, like, a, your standard research article of, like, we're gonna, um, like, find all of these asexual people. I think a lot of them they found through, like, Avon, Avon forums and, like, Craigslist or something. Um, So they just, like, put out things and were like, hey, do you want to be in this study? Mm -hmm. Um, And so they sent people, um, like, a survey and a questionnaire, um, basically, like, finding about, about, here, hold on, let me pull this up so I don't.
0: The reason I wanted you to read this was because I knew you would understand it way more than me.
1: (laughs) I mean, I gotta be honest there, this is a very typical
0: but i'm not used to it no
1: i know. for me no i so like totally you just
0: understand. have a you it's much more natural for you whereas for me i have yeah. to be like what the fuck is that
1: no yeah for me this is the kind of art i've read a lot of these articles and so i learned how to read them um i did yeah I, I literally took like a class like we had weeks of class learning how to read these papers so um yes yeah, so they basically sent people like like surveys in this questionnaire Um, So they measured like demographic information, that random stuff. They did a symptom inventory, which was basically like how many symptoms of these random, not random, but like of these mood disorders do you have? Like depression, anxiety, phobic anxiety was one of them. So basically just like so that they could tell like who was displaying these mood disorders. And then we get to like the real uh, meat. The beef is um, something called the inventory of interpersonal problems and they used a shortened version of it but that doesn't really matter so it's basically um it's called a battery of questions um and so it's such an
0: aggressive term
1: yeah i know so it basically has like eight kind of parts or they call them subscales for and this is all about like interpersonal ways of being um, so the eight subscales are domineering, vindictive, cold, socially avoidant, non-assertive, exploitable, overly nurturant, and intrusive. Um, and then for each of these items, they have, like, questions. Um, and you rate them from, like, not at all to extremely. So I was trying to look this up so I could find exact the exact questionnaire. And I couldn't find it because I guess you have to, like, buy it or be a real scientist or something. Dumb. Um, but it was basically questions like... I feel, like, comfortable being close to someone or, you know, so, like, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And actually, let me look it up see if I can find, because I think they were good examples. So some of the questions are, like, um, it is hard for me to trust other people, say no to others, join in on groups, keep things private from other people, let other people know what I want, tell a person to stop bothering me. And then you rate it from zero, not at all, to extremely, which is a four, which is also the optimal Likert scale, it's called a Likert scale. Mm-hmm. Um, the optimal one is from one to seven. So they're already not doing a good job, but
0: that's y- yeah, t- I took a
1: whole class on surface. <laughs> You're
0: welcome. Oh yeah, you did.
1: Yeah, I did. So basically they had people, um, fill this out. And what they found was a, asexual people are more likely to have mood disorders. And they related that to like asexual people, um, experience a lot of the same like adversity as other queer people which was I was like haha all people who say I so they did actually Wild. say that <laughs> yeah which I was like okay that's good that you like recognize that um someone but, recognizing that publicly what? i know sounds fake but okay here's what bothered me and I mean, it, it did happen statistically significantly, so the numbers are Good there, English. but they, they basically found that asexual people had more of these, um, like, interpersonal problem traits. So they found that asexual people had, um, let's see, they ex- exhibited elevated social inhibition and cold slash distant scores. And so this basically led to, like, some speculation about, um, so there's something called the attachment styles that they look at in young children with their mothers. They do these whole tests with um, babies and their moms and, like, what happens when the mom leaves the room when the baby is alone. So they basically were speculating that asexual people may have had the avoidant attachment style as young children. So basically they just, like, aren't as connected to their parents. Which, it says, which in turn might have led to problems developing intimate relationships later in life. Um, so they're basically saying that like this is the cause um, or like the root of asexuality Uh... so that is I mean I can the thing is I can see where that comes from like I understand where that speculation comes from my main problem with this is looking at and they do even mention this in the article about you know a reason maybe that asexual people are Scoring on the more cold side or the more like distant side is because they've had to grow up in a world that's very sexual and they don't experience that. The article did yeah. talk about that, which I thought was a great point, and I was glad they brought that up mm-hmm. because that's another thing I think people don't talk about a lot is that there's this very sexual world, and for asexual people, it is very alienating. Mm-hmm. And so they did bring that up of like maybe that's why these people are scoring like this. My main concern and like, question. And obviously, I just have a bachelor's degree in psychology. So, like, I'm not an But you got a
0: degree, bitch.
1: (laughs) But I do have a degree. My wonder is, when writing this battery, the people who wrote it were probably men, probably white, and probably not asexual. So Mm -hmm. I'm wondering, and this is why I wanted to find the questions, to read them, is these questions were probably written with the idea in mind that people should be romantically and sexually interested in other people Mm -hmm. not taking into account that people wouldn't be so you know for these answers like saying no to other people are you come like is it hard for you to say no to other people if you are asexual you might say no i'm not comfortable with this but it might be because like you're living in this very sexual world yeah like so, these questions, I think there's a potential that the reason that asexuals were found to, like, score more on these, um, like, interpersonal problems is because this survey wasn't written with the idea in mind that there are people who don't experience this type of attachment in this type of interpersonal relationship. Yeah, definitely. So, that was my main T on that. That's the T. That. And obviously, like... I haven't done I don't I haven't read anything about this battery of questions, so like I don't know anything about it, but it's I mean a I would battery wait. of questions. It's a battery of questions. What do you want from me?
0: It's just It sounds so stupid.
1: It does. But like I'd be very willing to bet about the kinds of people that wrote this, you know? Do you, do they
0: like think that they were like attacking the subjects with the like, do you think that impacted the way they answered that it was called a battery?
1: Well, I don't think you never tell people that. Probably, I don't it's know. Funny. Okay. It's I should late, tell people okay. to take the battery of questions that is our yearly survey and <laughs> take
0: thirty-six questions—a battery of questions that will make you fall in love.
1: Oh my god! But like, yes. Oh my
0: god. Okay. But conclusion: the study does suggest that asexual people do have higher likelihood of mood disorders and anxiety. Yeah. And disorders. it was
1: it was like the same kind of reasoning like the social stress thing mm-hmm. of like these are people that are like facing a lot of adversity, which I was very pleased that they like straight up said in the article that like asexual people face a lot of the same issues as other queer people. And I was like, "Oh, yeah, we're saying that. Okay.
0: They sure do." Indeed cool do you have anything else to add on the subject
1: uh sorry if this episode was like way too much for people (laughs) listen
0: we wanted to talk about sexuality and mental health but it's kind of hard to talk about those things without looking at the evidence that it is more difficult or more likely that that queer people will have um mental health issues so
1: yeah i just this stuff i haven't done it in a while and it's fun and it's exciting so bye conclusion um be there for the people around
0: you oh that's not where i was going but that's true Mm, be there for the people around you especially the queer folk because you know there's a lot going on in the world
1: yeah not necessarily but it's possible i mean everyone's sad sometimes (laughs) that's true okay
0: uh what's our poll for this week
1: Oh, Lord. Lord. Yes. On the most recent episode of uh, Into the Grids that we recorded, Jared was like, we should do like a trivia question. And Perry straight up said, I listen to Sounds Fake But Okay, and I know the problem with doing something like that week where you'll regret <laughs> it. And I was like, that's
0: <laughs> true. That's so true. I
1: regret it every day of my life. I
0: regret it every day. Our poll this week is... Uh, you know those, um, squeaky chickens?
1: Yeah. <laughs> Why? Oh my god. Okay, so I can't- Um, there are so many things you get mad at me for doing on this podcast, and then you just do that, like, I don't- <laughs> What do I get mad at you for? Um, everything? What? The m- us?
0: I just hate that in general, It has nothing to do with the podcast-
1: Okay, still, though. It's just,
0: just pure innocent hatred.
1: <laughs> I, oh, interesting. <laughs>
0: I hate this. I don't know what our poll is. It'll be a surprise.
1: What? Sarah, no. <laughs> if we don't figure it out now, we never will. And then it'll be Sunday, and I'll be like, oh, no. Free week. <laughs> Are we just not going to do what? <laughs> Just be like, what should our bowl be this week? Oh my god. That's such a good idea. Okay. We're gonna save that in our draft. Cool.
0: Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, what is your beef and juice this week?
1: Um, my... Juice is that I'm seeing the prom on Sunday. It's so
0: good. I've seen it. It's amazing. It closes August 11th if you can get yourself to New Along York City. Along with
1: everything else on Yeah,
0: everything is closing. They recently announced Beautiful is closing. Waitress is closing. Ooh, I didn't see that one. Yeah. Also, right now, I'm looking at this um, pin I got button thing that I got when I saw the prom, and it says, I belong at prom, and it's very nice.
1: Just looking at yeah, it right now. I'm out. seeing that. I'm seeing that on Sunday with a new quirk friend. Yay! We love new quirk friends. We love. Um, and I'm not gonna do a beef because I'm trying to do this thing where I, like, every day I write down my, like, small accomplishments and, like, small happy things that happen because it's been rough, y'all. So. Very good. We're just not gonna do that.
0: Proud. Okay. I, think. I have multiple things. One juice is that Brooklyn Nine-Nine exists in both the Marvel and DC comic universes, so
1: that's important to know. I did see that. Uh,
0: Another juice is that I finally have my surgery for my wrist scheduled.
1: That's such an odd juice to have.
0: I I mean, beef that I have to get the surgery? Honestly, aside from the uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine juice, all of my juices are also beefs. Um. (laughs) Like, Shocking. sad I have to get the surgery, but glad it's finally scheduled. I made a good tweet about seeing the doctor. Follow me on Twitter at Costielli, oh Uh Also, juice. I am going to a gay wedding this weekend. Beef. It is an outdoor wedding. It's supposed to be 95 degrees Fahrenheit with high humidity, so it should feel like 105 degrees Fahrenheit. And it's supposed to thunderstorm.
1: There's a uh, heat advisory where I live. It there's also heat advisory here. Yeah, that's how bad it is.
0: It's pretty hot in America right now, especially like in the Midwest and the East Coast.
1: I walked to work today, um, mm-hmm. and it was super humid out because it rained all day. And let me tell you that my hair has never looked worse.
0: Yeah, it's uh. Here's a mistake. It was a lot. I had practice outdoors today. It was very bad. Oof. Um. I just did a little Googling. 95 Fahrenheit is 35 Celsius. And then 105 Fahrenheit is 40.5 Celsius. So, pray for me. It's, it's going to be good, but it's going to be bad. <laughs> you know. And my major beef is that a couple of days ago, my sister found a gray hair on
1: my head. Yeah.
0: Um, okay, here's the deal. I recognize that genetically, it is... Genetically likely that I will end up with a full head of gray hair at some point in my life. It's, it's true. Mom's side of the family, dad's side of the family. My my mom's dad, like he didn't go gray until he was like seventy at all, and he still has a lot of like dark hair. But like he's he's the exception, not the rule. You know, I'm t- I'm sure I'm gonna go full gray, but I am 21. I don't want to be finding gray hair on my head. I also tweeted about that at Just to. Prepare.
1: You had a lot of tweets going on recently. Yeah,
0: I had, I had a tweet about how I wanted to say rip in an email because I'm 21. And then I had a tweet about how I found a gray hair on my 21-year-old head. And then I had a tweet about how I was 80 because I... One of my first thoughts when seeing my new doctor was, wow, he's young, and he's a fast-talking son of a gun. Those three tweets were consecutive. It was a lot. Am I 21 or am I 80?
1: <laughs> Definitely 80. Have you seen your back?
0: I can't see my own back now. Well. It's just because of, like, anatomy, how, where my head is and my eyes are.
1: Well, just trust me, it's fucked up. Okay, thank you. <laughs> yeah, no, no problem.
0: <laughs> cool. So that's my beef and my juice.
1: If if
0: you want to <laughs> tell us what our poll should be this week,
1: please do.
0: You can find us on all social media at SoundspickPod, but we especially use Twitter. Sure do. You can also support us on Patreon if you'd like to. We would appreciate it very much. Our two dollar patrons are Keith McBlain, Roxanne, Alice in Space, Anonymous, Nathan Dennison, Mariah Waltzer, Jonathan and ChangelingMX, the p- p- Changeling MX, which they found it very amusing us struggling to pronounce their name last week. And I said, did I pronounce it right? And they go, maybe. And I was like, that's ominous.
1: Should we do it different every week and then hope that they one day tell us which time it was right?
0: Changelling MX.
1: Yes, Perfect. <laughs> All right,
0: $5 patrons Jennifer Smart Truth of the Dakota, Austin Lee, Drew Finney, Perry Fierro, Aunt Jeannie, Dee, Megan Rao, Quinn Pollock, Emily Collins. Our $10 patrons are Kevin and Tessa at Dirty Uncle Kevin at Tessa underscore M underscore K, Sarah Jones at Eternal Lolly, and Arkness, who would like to promote the Trevor Project, Benjamin Nabara, who would like to promote tabletop games. $15 patrons on Nathaniel White, NathanielJWhiteDesigns.com, White Designs.com, and my mom Julie, who would like to promote free mom hugs. Thanks for listening. Tune in next Sunday for more Rest in Your Ears.
1: And until then, take good care of your cow.